are listening to a podcast from C3 Church Wallandilly. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash C3 Wallandilly. The most important thing or the thing that God is most interested in hearing is what's going on in our life, the situations that have been happening, how it's making us feel, where we're struggling, um, and then making a request. We see the Psalms, they're just praying what they've got. They're like, this is what's happened, this is how I'm feeling, Lord, would you do something uh, about this? Which is really cool. So each week, we've gone through and we've just looked uh, at one different Psalm. So the first week, we looked at Psalm 3, uh, which teaches us how to pray through our fear. And then the next week, we looked at Psalm 22, which teaches us how to pray through our pain. And then I thought we better talk about something good because the rest of them are all a bit negative as well. So we looked at Psalm 23, uh, which teaches us how to find rest in God. We've looked at Psalm 32, which teaches us how to confess our sins. Just last Friday, we looked at Psalm 42, which teaches us how to pray when we're just feeling a bit downcast and a bit flat uh, and things aren't going very well. Like, how do we talk to God when that's the place we're in and we can just be honest uh, in that? Next week... We're going to look at Psalm 73, which teaches us how to pray through our doubts. And not, again, not denying our doubts if we're confused about something, but how do we actually pray through that and talk to God when we're feeling that way? And then last week, we're going to look at Psalm 119, which is all about the beauty of God's Word and how amazing He is. And so what we've looked at each week is that God just wants us to talk to Him. Like, He can take our emotions, no matter how we're feeling, no matter how raw or deep those emotions are, We just need to pray what we've got. And God doesn't despise that. Like the prevailing image that we see of God right throughout the Bible is Him as a loving Father and us as His children. Like that's the image that God chooses to communicate His relationship to us. It's not as a master and servants, although that is used sometimes. It's not as uh, like a king and his soldiers or masters and slaves. The image that God chooses most often to describe His relationship with us is Him as a loving Father and us as his children. And I just wonder if that's your picture of God when you are praying to him. Because if it is, I think that would change the way we pray. If we really saw God uh, as our loving father, and for those of you who are parents, you know you just want your kids to talk to you, however they're feeling. Like whatever's going on, you just want them to be open with you and honest and talking. And that's exactly the same with God, no matter where we're at or what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what else is going on, just praying whatever we've got. Even if we don't know how to pray or we're not quite sure what to pray or the the words to say, like just start praying. Just pray uh, what you've got. That's what God wants to hear, and He's not going to despise that. No matter what that prayer looks like or how it sounds or how emotional it is, God is not going to despise those sorts of prayers. Uh, And one of the reasons I know this is because I have an 18-month-old nephew, and his name is Adrian. And lots of you uh, have met him, and he's a pretty cute little kid, like most uh, little babies. Um, But catch this right. His loving parents think that he can talk. Now, he's 18 months old. He can make a few sounds. He can maybe say a couple of words, but he certainly can't talk. Like, he can say mama, dada, car. He loves pointing at cars and saying car, but that's not really talking, is it? And one of his first words uh, that he supposedly said was flower. And it's something he still likes to say very often. Only he doesn't say flower, he says wower, which I believe would be pronounced or spelt W-O-W-A. He doesn't say flower, he says wower, wower. That's what he says. And 
Do you know what has never happened to Adrian if he's pointing at a flower saying, wower, wower, or he's holding one around, waving it about, going, wower, wower, wower. Like, we know that's not how you say the word. His loving father, uh, one of his family members, a total stranger on the street, has never raced up to him, slapped the flower out of the hand and said, that's ridiculous, it's flower. You're such a fool. When are you going to learn to talk properly? When are you going to learn to do the... Like, that has never happened to him. Everyone thinks it's cute and it's funny and, you know, everyone points and laughs and says, oh, wower. Wow, and that's what all parents do when their children start to speak and to talk. As soon as they do that, they're pulling their phones out, trying to get it on video. If they get a cute little snippet, you know, they're going to gram it, hashtag my kid can talk. And it's like, no, they can't. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening there. But parents are so proud of their kids, aren't they? And so they should be, and they love them so much. And I think if that was our image of God, if that's what we thought about God when we were praying, that would really change uh, what our prayers look like. Like, if I don't quite know what to pray or how to say it, we don't need to be worried that we're going to offend him with our emotions or if we tell him how we're really feeling about a situation. Like, just pray what you've got. And as long as you're honest, uh, it's only going to increase God's love and affection for you. And so as I thought what else to share this morning, um, even though we've been looking at Psalms every week, I thought we're not going to read any Psalms uh, this morning because the Psalms ultimately aren't really about themselves. They're prayers written by people in emotional situations, uh, and they're all about the brokenness of the world and the brokenness of human beings. They show us that we need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. So we're going to close out uh, by looking at Him. So why spend a whole term looking at Psalms and emotions and how to pray through them? Well, the thing is that Jesus, when he was here on earth, was an incredibly emotional man. But I don't think that's often how we tend to think of Jesus. Like, that's not our picture of Jesus as this emotional human being who went through real lows and suffered uh, so much pain and all sorts of things that we would typically categorize uh, as negative emotions. So by looking at that for a few minutes, I'm hoping and praying uh, that it will encourage you to just uh, start talking to God wherever you're at and just pray what you've got. So let's jump in and have a look uh, at a few stories from Jesus' life. Uh, so the first one we're going to read is from John chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. And we should have those verses up uh, on the screen. Talking about Jesus, it says this. Uh, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's interesting there, that verse, the start of verse six there, it says, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey. And it's about midday, they're in the Middle East, he's been walking around, like of course, I'm sure it was incredibly hot, it's been a tiring day, and he gets, he gets to this well and he just sits down because he's so tired from this journey that he's been, he's been on. And I don't know if any of you are feeling uh, weary this morning. I mean, it's almost Christmas. I know lots of you have had a big year. I think for me myself, I have been feeling weary, especially the last month or so. If I was, as I was preparing this, I thought, you know what, that's, yeah, I'm feeling a bit worn out. It's been a big year. Uh, lots of things have been going on. And when we tell God that we're feeling weary because of what's been happening to us, His response, like, it's not please, I created the entire universe in six days. Like, what did you, like, you've handed a few uni assignments in this year, Luke. Like, good for you. Like, big deal. Uh, just get over yourself. Like, Hebrews 4 tells us that Jesus is a compassionate high priest 
who has experienced what we are going through and can empathize with us. Jesus doesn't say, I understand intellectually what it's like for human beings to to feel weary and to be a bit down. He says, yeah, Luke, I know how that feels. Like, I've experienced that myself. You're feeling weary. He says, I know, Luke. He says, I know. It's okay. Just pray what you've got. If you're feeling weary, just tell God about what has been happening and how it's been making you feel. God can take our emotions. He wants us to talk to Him and to talk those things through with Him. And a little later on, we get uh, the amazing story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And now Lazarus and his family uh, were really close friends with Jesus. His sisters are Mary and Martha, and we read lots of stories about this family right through uh, the four Gospels. They were really close and significant uh, to Jesus. And so we're going to pick up uh, this story here when Jesus is on his way to visit the family because Lazarus has, was sick and he has died. Now, Lazarus, he was not, we don't know how old he was, but he was not an elderly man. He was probably in his 30s or his 40s, and he gets taken by this violent sickness. Uh, And Mary and Martha actually send for Jesus. They know how sick he is. They know something is really wrong. Jesus is a few towns away, so they send for him. They say, Jesus, you need to come. Lazarus is really sick. And Jesus tells the messenger, it's okay, Lazarus isn't going to die. I'm not coming. And so the messenger goes back, and at some point within the next couple of days, Lazarus does die. And so where we're going to pick this story up, Jesus then tells his disciples, he says, Lazarus has died, we're going to go there now. And so he's on the journey, on the way there, and Mary comes to meet him just outside the village, just before uh, he gets there. And so if you know this story, you know that in the end, Jesus does raise Lazarus from the dead. But don't rush past the emotion in this exchange that he has here. Jesus certainly doesn't rush past this situation Uh, as we'll see. So it's John chapter 11, verse 32 to 36. It says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And now I think, like I said, in light of we know Jesus is going to go and raise Lazarus and there's going to be a celebration and all of those things are going to happen and we can sort of just skip over this or it comes across in English like it's almost like Mary's being a bit pious and sort of like, oh, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That's like, put yourself in this situation. This poor woman knew that her brother was violently sick. She sends for Jesus. Jesus says, he's not going to die. I'm not coming. And then he does die. And Mary goes out to meet him there. This is not a statement that she says. This is an accusation. She is saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is snot and tears, bitter sadness. Mary is standing here saying, Lord, I needed you. I sent for you. Where were you? Did not come. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's saying, Lord, I needed you and you let me down. So what's Jesus' response to this accusation? Verse 33 says this. It says, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. Remember, Jesus, Jesus, he has every intention of going and raising Lazarus from the dead. He knows what he's going to do. But in that moment, it says he's deeply moved in his spirit, and he is greatly troubled. Verse 34 goes on. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. So this family meant so much to Jesus. And 
Jesus is not offended by Mary's accusation, by her honesty and her raw emotion in that moment. Jesus doesn't despise Mary because of what she has said. Jesus doesn't tell Mary, everything's going to be okay. Get out of the way. I'm here now. I'm going to raise Lazarus. It's all going to be fine. Come on, everyone. Let's go. Let's just move through this situation. Jesus just stops and he sits and he waits. He enters into the moment and the brokenness and the hurt that this woman and this family and their friends are feeling because a loved one has just died. Jesus lets himself experience these emotions. He doesn't rush past them. He just enters in and sits down there with them and weeps, deeply moved in spirit, greatly troubled, weeping because he's lost something very dear to him. So again, we just need to pray what we've got. If that's where we're at, if we feel like we've lost something dear to us and that's what's happened, it's okay to just be honest with God and talk to him about that. And so in the garden the night before Jesus was crucified, uh, we see him anxious and distressed. I'm going to read a few verses from Luke chapter 22, verse 41 to 44. Talking about Jesus, it says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And again, I just think when we, when we think about Jesus, like here it says that an angel of heaven needed to come and strengthen him. Jesus was feeling weak. If you need to be strengthened, you're feeling weak. Like Jesus felt that emotion. He couldn't handle it on his own. He needed a help and support in that moment because he was feeling so weak. Verse 44, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and he sweat, became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. If that's not a picture of an anxious and distressed man, I don't know what is. And are these the emotions that you think of when you think about Jesus? Being weary, greatly troubled in spirit, weeping, anxious, distressed. When you are feeling this way, just pray what you've got. He knows. He knows. And on the cross, just before he dies, Jesus says this in Matthew 27, 46. He says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is a line straight from Psalm 22. So we got there in the end. We got one verse from Psalms in there. But he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was abandoned by God on the cross. In the midst of the most extreme example of pain and suffering that we could think of, his closest friends have run away and abandoned him. One of them has betrayed him to his death. He's been physically mutilated, stripped naked, hung on the cross to die, while people walk past and hurl insults at him. I mean, you want to talk about pain and suffering. And at that moment, when Jesus is in such need, God does abandon him. He abandoned him because Jesus is taking the punishment for our sins. The punishment for our sins was separation from God. And in that moment, Jesus experiences a separation from God that we never have to. He feels and he is forsaken and abandoned so that we don't have to be forsaken and abandoned by God because of our sins. 
If we accept that free gift that God gives us of love and forgiveness, He calls us to live a life here on earth in light of what He has done for us, uh, to show love and forgiveness and care for everyone around us, no matter what. And that's the joy of the gospel. I know I've spoken about a lot of heavy things this morning, but this is the joy of the gospel, that we can be fully, freely, and forever forgiven because of what Jesus has already done for us. And he gives us that as a free gift, not as something we have to earn. Thanks for listening today. For more episodes and information, please visit our website at c3wc.com forward slash Wallandilly or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash c3wallandilly.